Welcome to TW Now, where we look at today's news and events in light of the Bible. I'm Scott Winnale. Independence Day evokes ideas and feelings of freedom, liberty, peace, and happiness. And many nations celebrate their own Independence Day. As we celebrate Independence Day in the United States today, we thought this topic would be very appropriate for our discussion. When we look at the nations around the globe today, we see incredible advances in technology and understanding of ideas and concepts. We see wondrous accomplishments that were unimaginable even a few decades ago. Yet now, well into the 21st century, is anyone truly free anymore? Even in democracies that have been seen as bastions of freedom in decades and centuries past, where is freedom today? Headlines are beginning to carry more warnings about the erosion of Western freedom, like this one in McLean's magazine entitled, The Slow Death of American Freedom. And last year, Freedom House publishers released their Freedom in the World 2018 report. In it, they observed, democracy is facing its most serious crisis in decades, says Michael J. Abramowitz, <coughs> president of Freedom House. Democracy and its basic tenets, including, include, including guarantees of free and fair elections, the rights of minorities, freedom of the press, and the rule of law are under siege around the world. Why do we see an erosion of freedoms today? Something both liberals and conservatives agree with. Today, we're going to discuss the topic of freedom, what it has meant for Western democracies in the past, and what it means <coughs> for the future. And to aid us in this discussion, we have two returning guests to TW Now. Our first guest is Dr. Douglas Winnale. Welcome, Dr. Winnale. It's good to have you back on the program. Thank you. <coughs> Dr. Winnale is a Tomorrow's World writer and minister. He's also a former university-level theology faculty member. He's traveled the globe and spent time in many nations with varying degrees of freedom and democracy, and he brings that perspective to our program today. I'd like to also welcome back Mr. Adam West. Welcome, sir. Good to be here. Thank you. Mr. West is a minister and a Bible teacher. He too has traveled around the globe and recently lived in the United Kingdom, a nation that many consider to be the cradle of modern democracy. Mr. West joins us via Skype from New York today. Well, gentlemen, it's great to have you both on the program today. Uh, we'll begin our discussion momentarily for those of you who are watching. And again, thank you for being with us on TW Now. If you do have questions as we carry out our discussion today, please feel free to message us. We'll do our best to get back with you, but it may be a couple of weeks before we're able to do so. Because of the Independence Day holiday today, we are pre-recording this program. We do encourage you, though, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and like and share today's program. All right, gentlemen, and Mr. West, we'll go ahead and begin with you. Let's define freedom quickly. What is freedom? In, in, the, in your eyes, a working definition, in the eyes of society around us, what does freedom mean? Uh, freedom is defined uh, just initially as uh, from Merriam-Webster online as uh, the quality or state of being free, uh, the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action. Uh, it can also be defined as uh, liberation from slavery uh, or restraint uh, uh, from the power of another. Uh, it can certainly uh, have uh, the implication of being considered uh, uh, having a, 
a sovereign rule over oneself, as in uh, the case of a nation, uh, having that freedom. Um, freedom might also be considered uh, the degree to which one can think or act or speak as they desire, what might be considered absolute freedom. Okay. Dr. Winnell, what would you have to add to that? Well, not a lot. That was a pretty uh, <laughs> definitive definition. I think one of the things we have to be careful, and I think uh, <clears throat> Mr. West pointed in that direction, that uh, you know, unlimited freedom that tends to impinge on other people uh, becomes a problem. Uh, we all want to have freedom of choice. We want to have freedom to think what we want to think, freedom to say things. But that has to be within certain limits. Otherwise, we become very offensive to other people. So as if you have absolute freedom, your absolute freedoms are pretty soon going to be able to erode my freedoms. Right, right. <clears throat> Years ago, uh, my family and I had the opportunity to live in Laramie, Wyoming, a little town in the Rocky Mountain West. And on Independence Day, July 4th, the whole town, you actually were there for one of those Independence Days. We saw fireworks. But the, the town has a big uh, party in the park, and they call it Freedom Has a Birthday. It's a celebration of freedom and the freedoms that have come because of America's independence. When we look at the United States, but frankly, when we look around the globe, too, we see many nations that celebrate their independence. Mr. West, as you think about it, what are some of the characteristics of independence or freedom that nations celebrate? Why, why are we celebrating freedoms, and what freedoms do, are we celebrating? <clears throat> well, take uh, the United Kingdom, for example. Uh, I think under the rule of law, uh, you know, that, you know, there's arbitrary exercise of power uh, should be under uh, governing laws. And that rule of law uh, brought about uh, freedom. Uh, and that's something I think that is, is lauded in the UK. Uh, and we certainly see that uh, through the British Commonwealth. It, it was spread to many other nations. Uh, interesting that that uh, since then, a number of those Commonwealth nations have uh, decided that they wanted sovereignty and, and they have now uh, come uh, uh, out from British rule. But uh, the stamp of that idea of freedom under the rule of law uh, still remains. And so, uh, so many different freedoms uh, also enjoyed um, there in the UK, um, you know, the um, Human Rights Act of 1998, it set out the fundamental rights and freedoms that everyone in the UK is entitled to, uh, the right to life, uh, freedom from torture and inhuman or degrading treatment, um, right to liberty which uh, and security. So even within that structure, uh, setting forth that you have the right to freedom. Okay. You know, it's interesting having Mr. West here, having lived over in the UK. Uh, America fought a revolution uh, for freedom to make our own laws, uh, not to be under the British king. And yet, you know, the British look at that uh, battle of the revolution as uh, the um, rebellion. The rebellion, yeah. not a revolution <laughs> of independence. 
But, you know, I, I lived, over, lived and traveled over there quite a bit. I'm talking about freedoms. <clears throat> you know, I think a lot of freedoms we take for granted today. Uh, this freedom to own property, private property, is one of the freedoms that, that we have. The freedom to travel across um, borders. When I first lived over in Europe uh, and I traveled on the continent, I had to have um, <clears throat> a pocket for each coin. I had French francs in one pocket, I had Belgian francs in another pocket, I had Spanish pesos in another pocket, and I had Italian lira in another pocket, and then there was Swiss francs, and uh, I ran out of pockets if I stayed on the train too long. <laughs> but just the, the ability to get in a car or get in a train or a plane and travel wherever, again, that has limitations. One of the biggest things, many people came from Europe to America seeking religious freedom. They wanted out from under a state church. And as a result, um, <clears throat> that was one of the problems that the United States faced early on, or the colonies, that you had even with one state, uh, Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterians and this and that and the other thing. But they came here for religious freedom. They wanted to be able to f do what they wanted to do, to worship freely. Uh, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and something we don't think that much about, but we're going to have to, is freedom of conscience. Freedom of conscience to think what you want to think. And yet we're being told today, you can't think certain things. Mm. Not only can you not say it, you're not supposed to think it. Mm -hmm. uh, this is where we're headed down the road. This idea of freedom to bear arms was one of the part of the Bill of Rights. One of the reasons was that you take away a person's ability to bear arms, you can control that population much more easily. And America did not want to be controlled. They wanted to be able to control their government. They didn't want to be controlled by the government. So there's a lot of things I think that we take for granted mm -hmm. that I think as we will see as we discuss in the program, we're losing a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. Mr. West, I want to come, go ahead first and then I'll come back uh, to you. Just one, just one point, uh, interestingly, the. Uh, um, the German Constitution has Article 4 as freedom of faith and conscience. So enshrined even in their own articles is that notion. But uh, uh, like I say, if, if, uh, if that is uh, at risk, uh, certainly it is at risk, that uh, if, we can't, if we can't think something and then be able to act on what we think and, and not violate our own conscience, uh, we're, you know, that's a, a slippery slope, uh, thought control and, and various uh, things that way, somewhat dystopian. It's very much so. I've, I can't help but think about Orwell when you make that comment, uh, George Orwell's 1984, and he put forth this idea of thought crimes in that book. And that's exactly what we're seeing now, is, is people being um, held accountable or even uh, charged with what are essentially thought crimes, sh sharing their thoughts uh, on social media or, or just airing them when they were a, a teenager, for example. Yeah. You know, in Europe, too, <clears throat> uh, people that are trying to homeschool their children, especially in Germany, they're being told, you can't do that because you're implanting thoughts 
in your children's minds. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, this idea of having freedom of religion or just freedom of education to be able to do what you want to do with your own children mm -hmm. is being eroded today. And I think more so in Europe than here in the United States. But I think that's coming here too. Well, that concept in, in Germany of <clears throat> not allowing homeschooling is because when, when you read the way the laws are written, the government doesn't trust the parents to teach the children what the government feels the children need to be taught. And so they, you, you have to be forced to put your children in schools of the system so that the government can give the children what's most important in the government's eyes. Well, this is George Orwell's 1984. Mm -hmm. Big Brother is watching, <laughs> and Big Brother will tell you what to do. Yeah. Mr. West, I want to come back. You made a comment as you are talking about freedoms that we have enjoyed you, you both were freedoms we've enjoyed historically. You're talking about freedoms in Britain. You talked about how the law brought about freedom. You recall saying that a couple minutes ago. Yes. I'm, I'm wondering if you could make a connection for us. How, how did the law bring about freedom? How does law bring about freedom? Well, the absence of law is basically anarchy. It's chaos. Uh, without some, uh, without some basic uh, line in the sand, this is right, this is wrong, uh, then everyone's doing whatever they want to do. And that can be extremely harmful, extremely dangerous. So uh, law is, is uh, freedom is on the back of law, ultimately. Uh, and uh, to, to do away with law or to, to encourage some kind of lawlessness in society is ultimately to take away the freedoms from some, if not all. Okay. You know, in the United States Constitution and many of the countries around the world have modeled their constitutions on the United States, we have a Bill of Rights. And one of those rights was the freedom of expression, the freedom of speech, uh, the freedom of religion. So these laws provide a framework. And without that framework, and again, it's interesting that um, many people today think that, well, the Constitution is old and it's kind of out of date and we need to modify it. <laughs> In other words, get rid of some of these things that are impinging on our getting into power and using our power. So if you don't have some of these basic laws, um, then freedoms disappear. I, th I think for many, even uh, owning land may be considered a freedom, uh, the right to, to own property. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, uh, that's something that uh, is allowed here, uh, probably not allowed in, in other, some other nations, uh, where it's just uh, more of a, uh, you might say, uh, communist type of uh, regime. Uh, the ownership of land, I know <laughs> when I lived in the... Um, the Czech Republic, uh, the the place where we had uh, a, a distribution center was actually uh, taken uh, by the Soviets uh, when they attacked and and, and took over in um, or came in actually and, and took over in the Czech Republic after the Second World War. But they assumed the the property, and it wasn't until the wall fell in '89 and uh, the Czech Republic. <coughs> Uh, was formed that the individual who his parents his 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 uh, family owned that particular land and that building before and he had to fight and fight to get that ownership back 
And so sometimes we can take that for granted, you know, if we even own a house. Uh, we, we do have the right to, to have that property, and it's not something that is just taken away. Now, it does happen. It does happen at times. Uh, and that's, again, an, an erosion of, of freedom whenever land is, is appropriated. Yeah, this is all part of Karl Marx's ideas in order to promote, um, establish a communist or a socialist government that they needed to take over private property. And they take over the means of production, they take over the government, they take over this, they take over that, and we will show you how to do things. And when people look back on this communist uh, socialist utopia, that about 100 million people died uh, as a result of these things. They enforced famines, they did this, they did that. And what amazes me is that we've got a younger generation coming along today that want to do the same thing. I was reading about an individual on one of the, um, <clears throat> the council, I believe it was, in Denver, Colorado. Happened to be a woman. And she said, I believe in the uh, common ownership of land and property and this and that. Uh, people today don't understand the history of socialism. They don't understand the history of Marxism. Uh, we're watching history repeat itself today as the, our freedoms are taken away from us by people that mean well. Uh, so if people don't remember what has happened in the past, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble. Well, that makes me think. We've talked about a number of different examples of freedoms being eroded. Let's, let's go with what you're talking about now. Why are we seeing freedoms eroded around us today? You just mentioned one of them, I think, is people aren't learning from the lessons of history. <coughs> they don't know enough about the history of governments and, and situations, and so they're falling back into the same traps that people fell into previously. And part of this is due to <coughs> our educational system. When you look at the history of education in, in America, in the late 1850s up to the early 1920s and 30s, John Dewey was one of what they called progressives. He did not believe in God. He did not believe there were absolutes. Uh, many of these people wanted to restructure what was happening in the United States. So, again, you get up to the 60s, and the number of the the kids that were demonstrating the hippies and so on, they were picking up Marxist ideas. And as one person, book, the guy that wrote the book uh, Dark Agenda, War to Destroy Christian America by David Horowitz, Horowitz was a hippie. He was very much a radical. And he said that um, most of those radicals wound up in the Democratic Party today and brought these ideas. About 80% of your college and university faculties today are very liberal people. Uh, I taught with a lady up in Massachusetts, and she walked around the office. She said, I'm a communist. I'm a communist. I'm a communist. Uh, why was she a communist? Because many of the professors were promoting these ideas. And these ideas of, of Marx, there's no God, there's no absolutes, there's no private property. We need to redistribute wealth. Uh, we need to eliminate, these are Marxist ideas. We need to eliminate the family. 
We need to get women out of the home. We, the state will take over what dad was supposed to do. And all these ideas are floating around today. They're being promoted by the liberals today. They call themselves progressives. But they're really promoting a, a neo-Marxist idea. So we're watching these things happening. Um, the attack on masculinity, the promotion of homosexuality, same-sex marriage. Uh, these things are going to destroy our country, not only eliminate our freedoms, they're going to destroy our country. And I think these are some of the things I think we need to think about on an Independence Day. Mr. West, what, what are some other things you're seeing that are eroding the freedoms? Why are these being eroded? Well, I think um, because of the uh, condition of, we would say, uh, the mind of man uh, on a, in a general sense, um, you know, <coughs> humanism would say that, that uh, we have inherent within us the ability to understand right from wrong. Uh, but humanism is is uh, totally secular. Uh, they don't believe in a god. They don't believe in a Satan, a devil. And because of that, what we see is we we have evil in the world. <clears throat> and because evil exists in the world, and individuals are doing bad things, uh, you have a reaction to that, uh, where now it's not just rules to keep everyone's freedoms uh, safe. Now it's 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 the it's always going to lend itself toward an, a state of imbalance, and so now we have rules that become much more heavy-handed. Uh, it's interesting uh, an article from the Guardian uh, titled "Internet Crackdown Raises Fears for Free Speech in Britain," uh, just uh, from April eighth of two thousand nineteen. But they say, "quote." Critics of the government's flagship internet regulation policy are warning it could lead to a North Korean-style censorship regime, regime where regulators decide which websites Britons are allowed to visit uh, because of how broad the proposals are. Now, these things are, um, and, and I'll just close the quote there, but these things are happening because you have bad people uh, or people doing bad things out there and um, they're misusing and abusing something that, uh, you know, it, it's not the, the thing that's bad, it's the wrong use of it. And so we, it's still a matter of the heart. Mm. Matter of the heart. Can you go talk about that just a little bit more? What do you mean by that? Well, uh, Jeremiah 17.9 uh, tells us that uh, the heart is uh, deceitful. Uh, wicked above all things and the human heart under uh, the influence of a very real Satan the devil uh, does some terrible things we see it in the news every day and so now the the reaction of, of legislators uh, human beings who have every I'm sure good intentions uh, they're trying to do the best they can but they're trying to stop something that is is systemic uh, it has to change in the heart. Uh, the heart is, is you know, out of the abundance of uh, the heart, the mouth speaks, uh, as we're told in the scriptures. And so when you see hate and you see bullying and you see all these different things on the Internet, uh, that's coming from those individuals' hearts. And, and it's harmful to others, and others try to step in and 
in this situation, maybe uh, with with too much force. Uh, it's always going to lead to a state of imbalance because man is not designed to govern themselves, ultimately. They need help. Okay. Yeah, I've got two other comments. Number one, you mentioned the humanists. Uh, John Dewey was a humanist. Mm -hmm. He was part of the humanist society and wrote a humanist manifesto in which they, they don't believe in God, they don't believe in absolutes, but they also don't believe in Satan. And this is the source. The Bible tells us he's, he influences thoughts. I remember when our boys were young. You don't have to share too many stories here. <laughs> <laughs> but we were walking upstairs one night, uh, Friday night, and the boys were on the stairs behind me. And one of the boys turned around and kicked the other boy in his stomach. And I was able to grab the one boy's shoulder and I said, why did you do that? He said, I don't know, I just felt like it. I said, who do you think would put a thought like that in your mind? He thought a little bit, he said, I think I know. I said, part of our job as human beings growing up is to recognize where thoughts come from. And some of these thoughts we just don't act on. And that's one point. The other point, you mentioned that uh, politicians are really trying to do the right thing. Uh, yeah. I think in some cases, yes. But if you're in an elective form of government, you're going to want to stay in power. And you've got to do certain things to keep yourself in power. Um, you know, one of the reasons why some people want to have wide open borders is so that a bunch of people will come in here, get on our welfare system, and they will vote for the people that allow them to come in. And this is happening in England over there. You see it over there. It's happening here. And yet there are people in government saying there's no problems at the border. There's no problems at the border. But if you conglomerate these people in big urban cities, that becomes a voting block. And so we've got people that want to stay in power. They want power, they want to keep it, and they want to keep staying in power. So, um, yeah, we, we definitely see it. Decisions that are made, and everybody knows that certain decisions are made by certain politicians. If it's an election year, they make a decision in a certain way or they choose not to make a decision because of the way it's going to affect their re-election. Yeah, that, that's a sad, a sad repercussion that we see once or occasionally, every so often. Mr. West, comment? Did you have a comment? Oh, I, I think, uh, again, to, to Dr. Winnale's point with, uh, you know, getting to the source of these things, you know, human beings uh, are uh, influenced. That, that's just, you have to call it like it is. And the, the re realization is there are, there is a spiritual component that many just simply <coughs> overlook, discount, and ignore. And we have to uh, take into consideration that, that until, until there is a change of heart, a change of, of <clears throat> spirit and attitude toward these things, even freedoms, uh, like, like Dr. Winnell was talking about wanting to stay in power, I totally agree. And uh, I think even if they do have an altruistic desire to serve, uh, they still have to remain in power to serve. And so uh, they're, they're going to be motivated that way. Uh, but ultimately, um, you know, when we, we look at, uh, I guess, the, what's, driving, what's driving mankind to, to um, 
you know, to cherish freedom, because I think we do, we want freedom, but at the same time, uh, you know, if, if that freedom steps on other people, if it is selfishly motivated, like in the, in the inference of just uh, seeking power for power's sake, uh, that, that, that comes from, from uh, a source, <laughs> and, and we've, we've, we've mentioned that source. So uh, th- this is this is the human condition, and uh, it's been that way for six thousand years. Now, I'd like to mention something else, since this program is going to be airing on Independence Day, on July fourth, in the United States. Uh, <clears throat> I think back fifty years or so, and on Independence Day, Americans were proud, Americans were happy. And if you're in Canada on Canadian Day, or if you're in Australia on Australia Day, you're going to be celebrating who you are. Um, What we're seeing today, especially among young people coming out of colleges, they are not proud to be Americans. They are not um, uh, excited. Or thankful, even. They're they're, they're not thankful. They, They don't appreciate it. But they've been conditioned. They've been told what a rotten place America is. They've been told, you know, you um, oppress the Indians, you enslaved Africans, you've done all these bad things. And when you read accounts of some of the things that happen in classrooms where kids will stand up and say, you know, I am, I am, uh, what's the word I want here? I'm, I resent being American. I despise being an American because they've been told this by some of these professors that have other different ideas. They're not told what happened really in American history. Um, This nation has been blessed incredibly, not because we're any better than anybody else. God made promises to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a set of laws that's going to set you apart from the world so you can be a light and an example to the world. It was the Americans, it was the Canadians, it was the Brits, it was the Australians and New Zealanders that went into Europe twice to liberate Europe from the Nazis. They um, protected and liberated much of the South Pacific. You know, when, when I hear somebody say, I detest being an American, I'm disgusted with that. We were in the Philippines four or five years ago uh, in the island where MacArthur landed. And a young fellow came up when we were there, and he said, we love you Americans. He said, you guys came over here, and you gave your lives for us. We were standing on a beach called Blood Beach. That's where the Americans landed. And there was a lot of blood that was shed there. But here was a young man who was not an American. He was a Filipino. He had seen, or else his dad had seen somebody in the family bayoneted by the Japanese in their own home. And the Japanese came in. He said, we love you. Those are not emotions that we hear in many college classes today. No. See, we're losing something. We're losing something in a country that has not been told how God blessed this country. You read a little bit about the expedition of Lewis and Clark going a whole way across the United States. There were situations there where they would have not have made it unless there had been a miracle of things working out. 
the instructions that George Washington gave to the colonial troops, the Battle of Long Island, he told them, we cannot beat the British by ourselves. You've got to pray. You've got to do certain things. I mean, we've had articles on this in our magazine, how God has intervened time and time again, not just for the Americans, but for the British, for the Australians. And it's not because we're any better. God wanted to use these nations to be a light to the world. And we've turned away from those things. It's interesting you talk about this. <clears throat> it, certainly the U.S. and Britain and Australia and other of these nations have made mistakes. Uh, we have not treated certain peoples correctly as we should have, especially proclaiming to be uh, people of the book people that uh, try and follow the Bible. At the same time, a similar uh, kind of situation that, to one that you had in the Philippines. My favorite memorial in Washington, D.C. on the National Mall is the Korean War Memorial. And that particular memorial has these bronze soldiers in their uh, soldiering garb crossing this plane and they're they're about three times the size of life it's just it's it's a moving thing the last time we were there with our kids the war memorial korean war memorial was covered with korean people and they were holding holding and laying flags and laying wreaths on the war memorial <coughs> this is they were all koreans why were they there because Korea wouldn't exist today if the United States hadn't gone into <clears throat> Korea. They would be part of China. And they are a sovereign nation today because of the United States. And, and now, 50 years, more than 50 years later, 70 years later almost, the Koreans are still laying wreaths on that memorial because of what America helped them do. See, this is what our college students are not being told today. And then those college students graduate and become journalists. Uh, a bunch of hippies are now in positions as presidents of universities and they brought all these ideas in there and we don't seem to recognize where these things are coming from we think we're liberated today <laughs> we think we're free today but uh, diversity is really turned into perversity because of what people are doing so well the Supreme Court lets us do these things but the Bible says don't do those things our authority today, we've forgotten where our authority really is. Mm -hmm. We've forgotten where our blessings have come from. And I think unless we get back to that, and the Bible is not real confident that's going to happen <laughs> in this age, but unless we get back to that, uh, we're going to be losing more. Let's go there in a little bit more detail, Mr. West, as we think about solutions. What are some more specific solutions that the Bible puts forward to be free? Well. Yes. Uh, Proverbs 14 and verse 12 and also in uh, 16 and verse 25 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So just deciding for ourselves and using human reasoning is, is not going to ever lead to uh, a prosperous end. But in James chapter 1 and verse 25, very powerful uh, scripture it uh, tells us, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So God's law is called the perfect law of liberty. It leads to freedom. 
it leads not to death. It leads to uh, a blessing, uh, ultimately to life. And so uh, that's really the the the. Uh, I think God is trying to teach mankind that lesson over six thousand years. That if you do what you feel is right or wrong, it's never going to work out. But He gives us the light of truth. He gives us the light of his word, John 17 and verse 17, tells us, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. It's interesting you bring up God's law being the perfect law of liberty. It seems like society is trying to liberate people from the shackles of God's law today and put God's law out of the way. Yet you're saying that it, it, his law is actually the, the, the key. It's, it's the answer. It's a, it's a counterfeit freedom that's being foisted upon a, an, a, a society that lacks knowledge, true knowledge, from, you know, the Word of God is the foundation of knowledge. And if you don't have that foundation, then whatever comes along may seem like it's going to lead to freedom. It's going to lead to, uh, you know, better things in the future. But at the end of the day, if it's apart from the truth of God's Word, if it's in defiance of that, uh, it, it will never end well. It is a, it is a fake freedom. Mm. That's, a, that's a profound concept, a counterfeit freedom. Dr. Winnell, I know you've got a comment. <clears throat> you know, again, this gets back to what we were talking about earlier, about these humanist ideas where there's no God, there's no sacred books. Uh, human beings have within them this capacity to work things out. Uh, people have been told today in religions, especially in Christianity today, they've been told that the law of God is a burden. And yet, when you read in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. You know, the commandment to honor your parents is not a burden. You treat your parents nice, they'll treat you nice. Uh, being commanded not to kill somebody is not a burden. That brings safety to a society. The command to not lie, that would put probably a lot of lawyers and probably a lot of politicians out of business, but <laughs> we're not supposed to lie. Uh, we're not supposed to commit adultery. And yet we have laws being passed that make uh, very easy to divorce somebody. Um, some of these, these ideas that are floating around today, as Mr. West has said, they're, they're counterfeit ideas. They seem good on the surface, but uh, the end result, the consequence, is, is not good at all. Yeah. John 8.32 tells us, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know, living by the truth of God's word frees us from a number of things. It frees us from guilt, it frees us from shame, uh, from anxiety, fear, depression. Uh, it frees us from lack of forgiveness, because we're instructed to forgive others. Uh, there's a lot of blessings for doing that. It can free us from a lot of negative consequences, which are exacted by sin. And so, you know, and ultimately, uh, it's freedom from from uh, death. And so following the truth, making the pursuit of truth uh, in your life uh, and, and using God's word as uh, those 
uh, guidelines uh, in your life, the principles that you're living by, that is, that's really the path to, to true freedom. You know, God made a covenant with the nation of Israel. We read about it in Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28. He said, if you obey my commandments, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed in the city. You're going to be blessed in the country. And these are not just spiritual uh, laws. They're physical laws. If we obey the laws of God, whether they're physical, biological, whatever, we're going to be blessed. But he also said, if you despise my laws... Leviticus 26, verses 14 and 15. If you disobey my commandments, if you despise my laws, then I'm going to appoint terror over you. And that's what's happening in our countries today. Uh, we can't go anyplace. You can't get on an airplane unless you go through all kinds of security checks because of the terror that we're facing today. Uh, if we would begin to obey God, you know, our country, especially the United States, was started by people that, that had a biblical basis. Uh, I've got a book here, God and America's Leaders. And it just talks about how Washington and other people, they recognized there was a God. Now they, they didn't understand everything, but they did recognize there was a God. Benjamin Franklin, who's kind of liberal, he said, I do believe there is a God. He said, I do believe he should be worshipped. Uh, and then he, he did some other things. But they had this concept. Much of our Constitution, much of the constitutions of the state governments in the United States have biblical principles woven through them. And why was homosexuality outlawed in, in states? Because it's in the Bible. Now, we want to do away with those things, and yet we expect everything's going to go wonderful. The consequence, God says, if you turn away from me, you forget me, you violate my laws, there will be consequences. And he says, I will bring the consequences. America has been blessed, but those blessings came with a responsibility. He said, I've given you my laws, and I want you to be a light to the world. Um, you know, we were invaded by the Beatles <laughs> uh, back in the 60s. They brought ideas over here. But the Americans jumped on the bandwagon with uh, uh, free love and this and that and the other thing. And a lot of those ideas are still around today. Uh, the consequences are going to come because we've forgotten, we've violated, and we've turned against and actually rejected the laws that were part of this covenant. You know, if people would begin to obey those things, there would be blessings. But uh, we, we think we know better today. And I think as we keep this day of independence in the United States, we better remember some of these things. Some of these lessons should be conveyed to our young people in schools and colleges, but they're not being told those things today. Well, as we think about Independence Day and the freedoms that our nation celebrates on this day, we, we need to wind down. But Mr. West and Dr. Winnell, would you please Give our audience a take-home for today. What, what's a concept, what's an idea that we've talked about, or maybe even not talked about yet, that you'd like them to leave this program with today? And Mr. West, if you don't mind, let's go ahead and start with you. Well, I, I would like to leave the audience with the, the thought to pursue peace, pursue truth, uh, pursue genuine freedom. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So there is a way of life that's based on truth. It's not a counterfeit freedom. It's not going to have negative consequences. It's not going to end uh, in death. 
it is a way that leads to life. And so take that challenge to to seek that, and in seeking that truth, uh, you'll be set free from all those negative consequences that I mentioned earlier, anxiety and depression and, and, and so many other things. Uh, there are genuine <clears throat> blessings for following truth and making that a pursuit, and certainly uh, in doing that, uh, they can go to tomorrowsworld.org and, and uh, find a lot of materials to help them to do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Dr. Winnell. I would like to leave as a thought that we need to remember our, our, our history. We need to remember our biblical history. You know, in Judges 21, 25, the very last verse in that last chapter of the book of Judges says that everybody did what was right in their own eyes. That's what's happening today. And there were serious consequences. There was chaos, a uh, lot of difficulties. If we remember our history, some of the people that came here, Alexis de Tocqueville back in the 1800s, he was trying to figure out how did America do it? <laughs> how did they become, how did they become a major uh, power? His comment was, America is great because America is good. He said, if America ceases to be good, they will cease to be great. What he noticed in traveling through the United States, he says, the power of America is in their pulpits. They were preachers preaching about what was right and what was wrong. It's interesting that Phil Robertson, the guy that's on Duck Dynasty, it's a television series here in the United States, he's a professing Christian. He's made statements that God is not dead. Any nation that kills its own offspring will not be around very much longer. He said, America, if America is going to become great again, it must become a godly nation. So here are people saying the same thing, several, you know, a hundred years apart. Uh, my comments today would be, let's remember where we came from. Let's remember what made America great, why it's great. It was blessed by God. It tried to live for the first hundred years or so according to what they understood about the laws of God. When we throw away those things, when we despise those things, then the handwriting is literally going to be on the wall. That we're not going to be great. We're going to have to learn some very hard lessons. And that's really one of the book, one of the lessons in the book of Judges. That the judges, during that period of time, Israel was blessed. They turned away from God. They got in trouble and they said, oh God, please save us. He intervened with some of the judges, and then they drifted away again. <laughs> then they prayed, oh God, please save us. He raised up another judge. Uh, we're approaching a time in history where God is going to intervene to save mankind. But there's going to be some very hard lessons that have to be learned, and they're going to have to be learned by a nation and some of the nations that are celebrating their independence and freedom today. Okay, thank you. Gentlemen, thank you for being on the program again today for your insights. Mr. West, thank you for joining us from New York today. Thank you. And Dr. Winnell, thanks for being in the studio again. Independence Day holidays do call to mind powerful ideals built into the human psyche. <clears throat> ideals of freedom and independence and liberty. These national holidays also remind us about the highly valued ideals of peace and safety and the ability to think one's own thoughts and maintain one's own beliefs. 
As we look around the globe today, we're seeing freedoms being eroded. Whether one is conservative or liberal, this fact is increasingly evident to both. The biblical truth is that true freedom is not achieved apart from the laws of God. And we've talked about that today. Lawlessness results in anarchy and societal chaos. Liberty and freedom come within the confines of laws aimed at protecting people in society. And true freedom comes only within the confines of the laws of God outlined in the Bible. For greater insights into this concept of true freedom, be sure to watch our telecast entitled, What is Freedom? And you can find that at the tomorrowsworld.org website. Again, just go to tomorrowsworld.org and type in, What is Freedom? To gain more biblical insight into today's news and today's issues, join us each week here on TW Now. Next week, we plan to answer the question, What are the holes in Darwin's theory? We invite you to please subscribe, like, or share today's program, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week here on TW Now.